Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Mandy Hammond, and I am so glad you're here. If you are new, we're thrilled that you have found us. And to all of our regular listeners, welcome back and happy new year to everybody. I cannot even believe that another year has already gone by. I'm sure most of you feel that way too. So much has happened since 2020, right? It feels like a blur. And now here we are going into 2022. I found out about Screen Strong as a parent just two years ago, the month before the world shut down, basically. And, you know, we were dealing with our own screen conflicts in our home with our then 16, 14, and 11 year olds. And I just knew in my gut something had to change, but I had no idea where to start. We'd given smartphones. Um, you know, we were video gaming, we were doing all these things that, you know, normal families do, in my opinion, but gosh, just something wasn't sitting right. And a good friend from high school had been telling me to check out Screen Strong. And she was super gentle in her approach and would just kind of like, well, just maybe you should just check out this research that's out about this stuff. And, you know, I was open about it because I really just knew like I need to do something, but it just feels awkward right now. I don't know what to do. So randomly, and you can find my story on past podcasts, but so I won't go into all of it, but I ended up meeting, you know, our Screen Strong founder, Melanie Hempy for coffee because I happened to be in her city randomly on a trip and found out she lived there. And I thought if I'm this close to her, I should meet this lady because it seems like I should get to know her and what she's doing because maybe this will help me. So if you've gotten to know Melanie at all through this podcast, through our, you know, families group on Facebook or our website, any of her material, you've seen her in person, maybe, you know that when you meet Melanie, she is passionate about educating parents and it's real and it hits you right between the eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, like I got to do this. So basically, long story short, you know, after that coffee date, that dreadful day for my children. No, I was basically empowered as a parent. I came back from that trip and I talked to my husband and we were determined to take the reins back and make some changes. And we have never looked back because it worked and we got our kids back and it's so great. So fast forward two years later, our family looks completely different. I'm now so blessed to be on the Screen Strong staff and I'm just as determined as ever to spread this message of hope to others, just like Melanie did to me, just mom to mom talking to me through this. I want to encourage you today to share your story. And that's what I hope you get out of today because my high school friend met my need that I was sharing with her with the Screen Strong solution, my family's forever change. And what happened was the ripple effect. Okay. So I shared it with another high school friend who then shared it with her friend. And that's who you get to meet today. And I just love this because um, this gal is so great. You're going to just love it. So our guest today is Gretchen Heinen. Um, she is a wife a mom, nurse, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which I so relate to and I love so much. She created the program Dreams Over Screens, which is a challenge for adults, which is great. And we're going to talk about that. But I invited her onto the show today to share her family story and how taking the Screen Strong Challenge changed how they were handling screens in their home. So without further ado, welcome Gretchen. Oh my gosh, Mandy, thank you for having me. And I just loved listening to your story because it's just so true. Like mom to mom, like we got to do this. <laughs> yes, you got to share what you know, you know, we don't yes. know until we know. And then it's, we have to tell people. Yes. Yeah. So tell us, you know, I just kind of like I told you before we got on, I just want you to talk. I know you're an awesome communicator anyway, but I want people to hear your story because it was so inspiring to me, first of all, to hear that, you know, our mutual friend told you about Screen Strong. And I'm like, yes, tell Gretchen about it. That's great. And then for you just to latch on and realize you needed to make some changes, just go from the beginning. Tell us about yourself, your background, and just tell us all about it. 
Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So shout out to Jessica, who's our mutual friend, and I know she'll right. listen to this episode. So <laughs> yeah. So how this came about was my friend Jessica, our mutual friend Jessica, came to visit my family while we are on a f- adventure. We're on a full-time traveling adventure right now as we record this. And what that looks like is we live in a camper trailer. We go around, we visit national parks. And because of entrepreneurship, we are able to do this so I can work virtually and our kids are homeschooling. She came to visit us at Glacier National Park and she was telling me about Screen Strong and I completely dismissed everything she was saying because I was like, oh, my kids don't have that problem. I have straight A student children. They're polite. They're well behaved. They have great faith in God. They literally have no annoying tendencies whatsoever. So I just dismissed it as like, my kids don't need this. And the irony of it is that I have a program for adults teaching them how to get off of screens while they run their business because I've noticed in helping people in their businesses that a lot of adults just waste a lot of time on social media. And then they claim they don't have enough time to parent or do their business or live their life or exercise or sleep. But really, if you look at their screen time, if they were to reduce it, they would have time for everything that they say they want out of life. And so it's really funny that I couldn't see it in my own kids. So out of curiosity, when she left that night, we were having dinner at our campsite and then she went back to her camper. I picked up my 12-year-old's phone. So my kids all had iPhones, including my eight-year-old had an iPhone, if you can believe that. But it was like one of those ones where it just connects to the Wi-Fi. I'm sure a lot of parents do that. You know, you like hand down your old iPhone to your kid and they play games on it. Yeah. And so I picked up his iPhone and he had an average of six to eight hours per day of screen time. Wow. And I got, I like still get chills, like thinking about this moment. And I I was like, like I literally gasped. And so what you need to know about my son is that he also played Fortnite. And so that doesn't include the one to two hours of Fortnite that he was playing on his Xbox at night that so that if you add that up, it was like eight to 10 hours a day of looking at a screen for a 12 year old. And I know enough about, you know, being a background in nursing, I know enough about the brain and the frontal lobes and the limbic system. And I knew that that stuff lights, I knew that video games like, you know, really affect your limbic system. And you can listen to a million podcasts on this particular podcast to learn all about that if you don't know about that. But right away, I was like, his brain, oh my gosh. And I showed it to my husband and I mean, I couldn't even sleep that night. I was just like, I can't believe that this like fell under the radar because he's such a good kid. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have ADHD. He doesn't have a learning disability. He doesn't have issues. But I will tell you the one symptom he has that is talked about a lot on this podcast is boredom in school. Like he was always bored and he hated reading because his brain couldn't, it wasn't even like stimulated at all by school. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so that's sort of like what took me down the screen strong so that, you know, right away I went back to my friend the next morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. Jessica, like there was like eight hours of screen time. She's like, I know. I told you. I know. Like it's under the radar. This is a problem that is totally under the radar. And so she sent me like five of her favorite episodes on this podcast, on your podcast. And I sat my husband down and I was like, listen, I want to listen to these episodes with the kids together. I want my first time of hearing this information to be their first time of hearing this information because I know my kids, they don't care what mom says, but they might care what some really cool dude on a podcast said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so true. 
Yeah. And so we um, listened so that as we were moving the camper trailer one day in the car, we listened to like three or four episodes. And even my kids were like, oh, wow, like this could be affecting my brain. Now, I will say not every child's going to react like that. They weren't on board at first, but I was able to basically use the podcast to show them, hey, this isn't just me being like a stickler. Like this is actual science and this is actual health and this is your health and this is your Mm -hmm. future. And, you know, I want to do this for you. So what I could get everyone to agree on was one week. So I took the one week challenge. Um, I signed up for your guys' one week challenge. And I knew in my heart it would be longer than a week, but I didn't tell them or my husband that because I just needed them to get like a detox under their belt. After the first week, I, I went on a walk with my husband. I'm like, we need to keep doing this. And he was not really that into it. He was like, are you sure this isn't a bunch of worried moms? Like, you know, (laughs) just making this up. And I'm like, no, I just, I know we need to do another week. And So he agreed to it very reluctantly. And so we did another week and two weeks turned into three weeks, which turned into four weeks. And what I noticed was amazing changes in my kids, which we could talk about, but I'll pause there for a second. Oh my gosh. I am just like, I have chills right now because I know, I know where you were at and I know that whole feeling. And and I love, I want to back up to what you just said, because I think it's a great piece of advice to anybody listening to this for the first time and going, how, how do you even do this? How my kids are never going to go for this. Just start small. You don't promise when they're getting things back. You say, we're going to do this experiment. You know, you make it fun. Hey, let's do this experience of family. Let's see how we feel. And at the end of seven days, you just pushed out another and another and another because what starts to happen is what I want to talk about next. Like what starts to happen with what you start to see happening. You go, oh my gosh, like we have to keep going. Like we can't turn back. Yeah. So the things I noticed right away. So first of all, the first day, one to three days was not enjoyable you know, they were irritable. They were mad at me. They thought this was stupid. And the one thing that was harder for my kids is, you know, we're traveling full time. So they don't even see their kid, their friends at school. So the only way they can interact with their friends is through a device. And so that was something that we had to really pray about and think about because I'm like, okay, I don't want them to not be connected to their only community while we're traveling. But at the same time, like, They're not going to die if they don't Xbox Fortnite their friend. Like we can figure out other ways. You know, for the first week, they didn't really have any desire to have a connection with their friend or or talk to their friends because they were just kind of mad at me for those first couple of days. My 12-year-old particularly, because he was used to getting on Fortnite every single night. And I shut down his his I I took away the eight-year-old's iPhone altogether and the iPad. She doesn't, I mean, that was pretty easy because she's littler. But with him, like he's text messages people and sometimes we need to get a hold of him. So what I did is went into his iPhone and I disabled um, under the privacy settings. I just shut everything down. I took away all of the time limits. I added like a one minute or zero minute time limit to all the games, everything so that all he could do is call and text. And what I noticed after the first couple of days was like he was more aware of his environment, whereas before it was like he was kind of in a cloud. He was mm-hmm. like aware of where we were going and what we were doing. And, and he's always a good, smart kid who's aware, but it's like a different awareness, right? Like, oh, what, what are you guys talking about or what's happening over here? It was literally like his brain came off of like a drug, you know, and he yeah. woke up from it. That is awesome. And I remember that as well. I remember that detox piece. 
but you don't think of it as detox. Like you don't think of your kid detoxing from something. But I think now the more and more research that comes out, we realize this is doing the same thing to their brain as a drug. And I know for me as a mom, that was the, the kicker. I'm like, I wouldn't give my kids drugs. Oh my goodness. But to see them, what we used to say is they're coming back to us. Like it's like he was coming back to us, especially my oldest that at the time was the phone issue. And then my daughter dealing with a bunch of stuff and she was coming back to us. And so I get what you're saying when you're like, it's not that he wasn't there before, but you didn't realize how maybe unattached he was until all of a sudden when he was attached. That's when you see this big difference. So, okay. So you're through the first few days, you start to kind of see him become more aware. Talk, talk me through then what like week two, three, four, what continued to happen? So after the first week, you know, the biggest thing was getting him to not be super upset about this continuing. Like I knew I, I needed to have him buy into it. And so, you know, really it was a lot of conversations about like his health and his mental well-being and his brain and what we were learning on the podcast. And same with my husband too. And because there is a bit of convincing that has to happen if you're like the one listening to this podcast and the rest of your family isn't, you know, you, they're not hearing the stuff that you're hearing. And so one of the things that finally really broke through to my husband to keep going was I said, what do you want our kid to be good at? Do you want him to be good at video games or reading? Because that's our choices yeah. right now. You know, and of course he was like, well, of course reading, because that was the one area where my son just wasn't really engaged is he didn't light up with reading. He can read, but he just didn't ever get excited about a book or what was happening in the book and school was really boring. So in week two to three, we started to see him get curious about science and about his history lessons. And now, you know, my kids are being homeschooled right now through, um, we use a company called BJU. So there is videos that teachers make, and then he has like a book he has to read, and then he takes tests online. And so he started to like get really interested in his history book and be like, oh, did you know that, you know, in the 1400s or da, 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 or did you know that algae is like one of the largest producers of of energy in the world, you know, like things that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did that, what kind of change was that between, Hey, guess what I did on Fortnite or, Oh my gosh, I achieved this. You know, like I remember when my kids were younger before I knew any of this being just like, I felt like my brain was bleeding. If they talked any more about Minecraft or whatever they were playing at the time, it was like, I don't even know what you're saying. So how does that feel? Like, what's that difference of your kid talking to you like that? Yeah, it was so cool. It really made me just, it really made me motivated to keep going because I'm like, this is what childhood is about. This is what I remember my childhood being about, you know, it's like yeah. getting excited about learning things. And, you know, if you're, all, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you may have a child like my son, okay, or worse, like, yeah. you may, because just guessing, um, you know, mm -hmm. and it's sad to see them not excited about school. And it's sad to see them not excited about reading or learning and just be like apathetic all the time, you know, like, that's sad to me, because it, it makes me think, gosh, you know, life is so there is so much amazingness about life, that is out there for us to just enjoy and do and explore. And we're like on this trip with my family. So to have your child be excited and enjoy it too, you know, he started to get excited about where we were going next. And, and like, he would get out, um, you know, he would like look up where we were going to go. Cause we still let them use the internet for like learning things, you know? So he'd sure. be like, Oh, we should go on this hike or you know, it'd be cool if we saw this and just that has continued. So now 
I mean, I think it's been like two months of two or three months now of being on this journey. And I just continue to see their brains more and more excited. And my daughter, who's eight, she never really looked back. I think she's asked me twice to watch a YouTube video in the last four months. And that was mostly because no one could play with her. And so she was just like, ah, I guess I'll just ask for this, you know. But she used to be a kid who would watch YouTube while she ate cereal. That was the first thing she did was get her cereal and then go watch YouTube while she ate her cereal. Well, I love the ages your kids are. And we try to tell people this a lot when they come to say, well, my my children are six and eight or eight and 10 or that kind of middle-ish age or they're out of the toddler years. But that is the best time to do this. If you've got kids in that age range, that is the best time to do this because they won't look back. They really do just want to be kids and they don't realize what this is doing to their brain. And so it's almost like they thank you, you know, even if it's not mm-hmm. outwardly thanking you, like subconsciously, they're grateful because it's creating more family connections and more real life experiences, you know, that are building their brains. So how has this changed your family dynamics? Just, I mean, especially traveling, living in a camper or whatever, all the things you guys are doing, you're really close quarters. How has this changed the dynamics in your family? Oh yeah. That's it's well, first of all, communication, like we talk Mm -hmm. a lot more to each other. And I noticed this is how I noticed it was like, actually yesterday I had this moment where I noticed how much more we communicate and just like literally asking each other, well, what do you think about that? Or what do you think about this? Or, you know, just talking, like we just talk more to each other. But yesterday, my son and husband, um, right, currently we're in Phoenix and they went to go visit the ping, um, ping headquarters, like the golf club ping. So my family's into golfing. And so they went to go visit their headquarters and look at their factory. And we have a friend who, or he, my husband has a friend who works there. And so they got to meet the president and all this stuff. And while they were gone, I was like, I should really miss them. Like, I would have never said I missed my kids for like being away from an hour from them. (laughs) You know, normally I'd be like, oh, good, I get a break. But like, I think we just are so close now that we miss each other when we're not with each other, you know, and I'm sure living close quarters has created that too. But the other thing that I noticed is we play, so we play a ton of board games now. Um, So at night, instead of watching TV or being on our phones, we'll pull out a board game. And so we have gotten really into just like playing games together. Some nights we'll do reading together. So we'll just all kind of grab something to read, which I always thought that was so cool. Like families that would like read books. It seemed so like sophisticated to me or something but like my was family was not the reading book family you know so it's been fun to like kind of explore that and then one cool thing that happened about week three or four is my kids were like um can we get a skateboard we want to like skateboard and so they wanted to like be more physical and so they got skateboard we were like of course so that now they skateboard around and you know they're really interested in just like being physically active which of course we know promotes health in such an amazing way when your kids are physically active. But I had to unplug their brains from a device in order for their bodies to even be like, oh, I need to move, you know? So it was cool. And the more they move, the more that's what they'll crave. The more they're outside Mm -hmm. in nature, the more they're skateboarding. So do they have a different Christmas list this year? Or did they, I should say, have a different Christmas list? Yeah, yeah. So their Christmas list was different there's no devices that were given at Christmas except for my son is a musician and he plays the piano and guitar and so he really loves listening to music so we got him some headphones so I guess that's technically yeah a, a, technically a device but totally in relation to you know learning music and stuff like that 
one of them got a new skateboard, you know, things like that. So nothing technology was on our Christmas list. And it's super funny, too, because I was like looking for ideas. And when you go to like Mm -hmm. Amazon or something, the only things they show you are like technology stuff. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I know what the latest gaming system is and all these things. Little do parents know how that's going to hijack their kid's brain. You're like, no, don't do it. Okay, so now let's switch gears just real quick, because I think it's so ironic and coincidental, I guess, that you actually had this program or have this program called Dreams Over Screens for adults. So as you were trying to think about doing this challenge and you're considering it, I mean, it sounded like you jumped right in, which is great. But like, you're an entrepreneur, you work from home, basically, you do a lot online and with social media and stuff. How did you balance that as an adult doing this challenge with your kids? Mm, This is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked this because I do have to have a presence online for my businesses. Um, And I do have to work on a computer all day, you know, for my business. And so what we did for the challenge, so I announced it to my online community, like, hey, I'm doing Screen Strong. Like if you go to my Instagram, you can literally see your guys's logo on my Instagram page, if you scroll back, um, saying like, hey, I'm going to do this. I invite you to do it with me. Like, I want to check this out. So that way I could kind of tell my community why I wasn't going to be available. And my husband and I both uninstalled social media off our phone. So we got rid of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Those are really the three that we use. And so I just deleted the apps off my phone so that I wouldn't be tempted to like check them or look at them. And I just prepared my business stuff ahead of time. So, you know, letting my social media know that I wasn't going to be online. I still did some things with my communities, like inside some Facebook groups that I run. So there was like a Mm -hmm. few Facebook groups, but the Dreams Over Screens challenge that I run with adults is I show them how to run your social media business or a lot of your business stuff from a desktop instead of from a phone. And the reason that this is so important is because it's too easy to just like pick up your phone and check a message every few minutes, you know, or check your notifications. And so what ends up happening aside from all of the dopamine and stuff that happens in your brain and, you know, just the addiction part is that you really are not productive in business because it's, it's also why I tell people, you know, don't check your email all throughout the day, like pick a block of time that you're going to like do email, right. And you're going to respond to email. Like anyone who's emailing you, unless you're like working on a project in the moment, you're probably it's not an emergency that you have to respond in an hour, right? It could wait till tomorrow. And so that's the same way how I feel about social media. Like when you learn as a business owner how to really use social media in little blocks of time, it doesn't take that much time. I mean, you can really have your online presence as a business owner wrapped up in an hour or less a day, you know? And so I'll do like 30 minutes in the morning and then 30 minutes in the, in the afternoon or evening for just my online presence for my business. You know, that's what dreams over screens is like, do it from a desktop. Here's how you use Facebook mess. You know, here's how you kind of plan posts through like the Facebook has like a feature where you can literally like schedule posts in a, they call it like business suite. And here's how you can kind of check messages on Instagram and reply on Instagram to your posts from a desktop because you can type faster with 10 fingers than two thumbs, you know. And so there's just like little things like that that are built into the Dreams Over Screens challenge. When we did our challenge with our kids, we just eliminated it for the week. And then after the, that week, I had to bring some of it back on a desktop And then about week four, once I was really feeling like I had myself under control, I reinstalled some of the apps so that I could do a few things like story, like Instagram story, you can't really do from a desktop. So, and I utilize that in my business. So 
I reinstalled the apps for that, but I, for one second, do not hesitate to uninstall those apps for days or weeks at a time if I feel like that is coming back as a problem. You know, if I start to get into a, a habit of, oh, now I'm not just che- now I'm not just using it to upload a story. Now I'm like checking it just to check it or I'll just uninstall it because I'm like my health and my family and my life is more important than any social media thing. Right. Mostly I use my desktop for it, but there are just a few things that I, I did kind of have to for my business reinstall it. But I would say if you are just a person who recreationally uses social media, so you're not using it for a business. And I would say, don't put the apps on your phone. Like you literally don't need those apps on your phone. If you want to spend 15 minutes a day, just kind of looking through Instagram, you can do that from a desktop and it will put a barrier in between you and that being a a temptation if it's not immediately accessible on your phone. Gosh, this is even hitting me you know, because I'm working a lot on my computer with screen strong, ironically, you know, it's so funny. And I'm like, I it's, I love this advice because I think it's a great modeling tool to kids too, to the kids that are watching mm-hmm. that, you know, we talk a lot about, we're not against technology. Technology is here to stay. It's given to us as a tool when we use it as a tool, you know? And so that's what we're teaching our kids and modeling to them. Like, look, I'm using this as a tool right now for my work and not for recreation, like you're saying. And I think when we're just sitting there scrolling mindlessly on the couch as well, we're not present. And that comes back on us as well. So this family attachment thing that's so important, it is a lot to do with the parents. And we have to be very intentional that we're present as well. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I just, I love the just kind of eye-opening moment that you had, because you know all about this with adults, you're dealing with this all the time. And I just, I think it's so cool that all of a sudden you're like, have this aha moment that, oh my word, this is affecting my kids too. And I'm just so proud of you and your family. And just educating yourself, you know, that's a big piece of this is once we know more, we do it. Once we know better, we do better. I'm just so proud of you. So kind of as we're kind of closing up, do you, what advice do you give to parents who are kind of in the trenches right now, who are in the middle of this? Maybe they're considering doing this. Maybe they don't think they can. Like, what would you say? Mm. If it was a mom to mom situation, you're sitting down with somebody for coffee. Well, as you could probably imagine, I'm I'm a bit direct. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I would, I mean, the very first thing I would say to somebody is you're the parent. I mean, I say this all the time to my friends when they're, you know, well, they don't want to or this or that. I'm like, you're the parent. Like you are the parent and what you say goes. And if you haven't already developed a habit of that in your family, now is a great time to start. We just need to, as parents, like act as the parent and we are the parent first. And so my job is to parent my kids and your job is to parent your kids. And so even if this is difficult, it's still doable. Like it doesn't mean it was not easy. I mean, I told you, you and I were voxering actually while it was going on. And I, there were many moments where my husband and I were frustrated with each other. He thought I was just totally off the deep end because I'm extreme in other areas of my life. So he thought this was just another example of (laughs) me being extreme. And, you know, and so there was a lot of just hard conversations that had to happen. So this was not an easy thing. It might sound easy the way I tell the story, but it wasn't like there was nights where I laid awake and I wondered, am I, maybe I am being too harsh. Maybe this is, but I stood my ground as a mom and there's nothing stronger than that mom gut, you know, where you know in your gut what you're supposed to do for your kids and you can either listen to it and have a reward from it or you cannot listen to it and there will be a consequence. And so I would, my best advice is to just be the parent 
and lean in, even if it's hard, like use the Facebook group, listen to this podcast, find another one to listen to, listen to it with your kids. Like just don't give up because it really does matter for the entire generation of these kids, not just your kids, but the entire Mm -hmm. generation. Yes. Oh my goodness. So good. Thank you so, so much for that word of encouragement and just living this out and spreading the word. I just so appreciate it. Mm, Gosh, Mandy. Well, I'm so glad that you're in my life and I'm so glad that Jessica's in my life. And look at that. If you're a mom, you can just tell someone, tell another mom, go tell five moms today about this. Like that's what you're (laughs) working. Well, that's funny. That's what I was going to close with is a challenge to share screen strong with a friend this week. Like do it, do it. Um, You know, as you're going to this new year, what a great time to challenge your friends and be like, Hey, let's do this together. You know, maybe you've already done the challenge and you know, you've seen the results like Gretchen has, like I have, and you just want to gather some moms or some families together to be like, Hey, let's start a screen strong group. I mean, you can do that and just say, we are committed to hosting these screen free, you know, events or activities together, these social things, you know, so anybody can do this. Let the ripple effect take place. You never know where it's going to lead. And uh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Mm, Thanks for having me. Okay. So closing up, you know, maybe you're like me, as I described myself two years ago, wondering where to start. And we've kind of talked about this, but education is the first step. If you don't know the words behind this kind of stuff, you are going to look like the crazy person. Like you need to know what the reason why you're doing this. Okay. So we have made it readily available to you, all the education. We just last month launched our brand new online course called Kids Brains and Screens. You guys, this is going to blow your socks off. If you have not looked at this yet, you need to look at it. Um, you can look at all the information on screenstrong.com slash lifestyle. Basically, we have put together this course, which is eight modules. You can go through it with another family, with yourself. It is very robust. It's awesome. And you're supporting ScreenStrong. You know, we're a nonprofit and we're trying to continue this mission to save as many kids as we can, like Gretchen was saying, save this next generation of kids. And it sometimes feels like an uphill battle. So your support, no matter how it comes, is so, so important. If you need day-to-day support and encouragement, be sure that you are part of our ScreenStrong Families Facebook group. Just search ScreenStrong Families and you'll find us. And you're going to find over 4,000 families at this moment um, who are ready to support you and who have been in your boat. So remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong. Stay strong.